When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Cannibal Corpse will unleash chaos horrific worldwide on September 22nd. Since 1988, Cannibal Corpse have been at the forefront of death metal, shaping and defining the genre, creating a seminal incomparable body of work over the following decades in 2021 they raised the stakes again with their 15th album violence unimagined growing ever more complex and intense and in 2023 they return with its successor the equally monstrous chaos horrific starting a new chapter in their legacy written shortly after the conclusion of the violence unimagined sessions echoes of that album exist in chaos horrific but this is a whole new beast of its own listen now and watch videos at metalblade.com slash cannibal corpse also harm's way return with common suffering out september 29th this is nothing less than a full armored and mechanized instrument of war ready to detonate listeners with their incredibly memorable riffs breakdowns and impeccable songwriting with subtle melody and point counterpoint the title common suffering is a clear nod to the collective experiences of the past three years of chaos misanthropy paranoia disorder confusion and anxiety with the band exploring themes raging from personal struggles with mental health relationships political upheaval corruption and political power listen and watch videos now at metalblade.com slash harm's way this is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Spych, Jocelyn Sharp, and Sylvia Alvarado. Metal Sucks Podcast, what is going on? All our wonderful, wonderful friends out there. It is I, your host, Petter Spych, going solo this week because we're doing a special half Point five episode. We know we like to get a couple of these extra episodes out to you guys uh, during the year, especially when there's so much to promote that we're so excited about. And uh, I can't, I can't let a Cataclysm record go by without talking to Mauricio and celebrating their 15th album. Man, Goliath, guys, it came out last Friday. Um, but if you haven't checked it out, make sure you do. It's just like all of the Cataclysm records do. That for me, it's just something new every time. Hits me in the right spot. I live with it. I love the songs. Love the band. Man, Death Metal Lifers. Um, and it's just a, a band that I really, really got to know real well through the years. So, so happy to promote them. Anyways, not much for me. You know, let's just get to the reason you're here. The reason we're here. And that is to promote and put out that new music for you guys so you're not sleeping on that. Here is my interview, guys, with the one and only Mauricio from Cataclysm. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So I think we're at 15. Yeah, that's what I heard last time. So <laughs> that's where we at. There's always these, uh, there's always like when I'm, when I'm like this far into a career that's been so great for us metal fans, I'm always like, all right, so I say a number like 15 and they're like, oh, you're missing one. And I'm like, shit. <laughs> like there's always one that's those, forgotten. Yeah, those, are the ones that are, those are the ones that are paying real attention to detail right at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's just, they're all your babies, but I guess after 15, you start losing track. <laughs> It's a, it's beautiful, man. What a journey. And that's the thing about new records and new music. The last time I talked to you, Unconquered came out, a wonderful record. Um, Thank you. Was released during the pandemic. And like I said, when we talked, you were like, like, you know, the fans want the music. We're clamoring for it and all that. How did the releasing that during the pandemic work out for you guys uh, in, in that album and that song, all those songs that you put together there? Well, it was, it was a tough call, right? Because... Um, you know, we had done the whole record was done, and uh, I'd like I mentioned to you in that interview, we we found out that they were going to lock down the whole world while while we were flying back from the kill shot video shoot that we had done. So, like, we were just like, oh, what the fuck's going on? You know, this is going to be kind of crazy. And so I, I was like, okay, and that kind of put us in that position of, uh, do we still release this record or not? Because we, we put a lot of effort in it, but now. Are people going to pay attention? Their whole world's upside down, you know. So that, so that record coming out uh, was a decision that we took after a few months of ourselves being like, "There's nothing going on. We need something like to keep us entertained, right?" So because it was it was crazy times, and I felt that it, it's therapeutic, right? So so for me it was, it's better to release the music for the people that at least they have something to look forward to, they have something to listen to then waiting for that opportunity just to make a couple more bucks when things are better and all that stuff. So we we decided to be who we really are, which which is for the people, by the people, you know? We, we do music for everybody. So for us, it was, was an easy decision uh, to to release it, and we don't regret it. That ended up doing really well for us, so yeah. it was cool. And, and it did exactly what you said. We needed new music. We needed to get hyped up about, uh, you know, live music we took for granted. Uh, and it and it just kind of like made us want to get back out there, and that was important. New music to make us make sure when things did open up that we're running to the venues and all that stuff. For sure. Um, did you get to do the the tour cycle that you would planned on after the fact for Unconquered? So yeah, so we got lucky with that too because well, we got lucky. We we had good intuition. Let's put it that way because the um, so we couldn't do anything in 2020. It was impossible, right? So we everybody was still deeply locked down. Uh, but in 21, um, me and Glenn uh, from DSI, the Glenn Benton, we decided we were talking a lot because he lives about an hour from me now. I'm down in Florida because I moved I moved down here during the pandemic. I right, right when it started, you know, I had sold my house in Chicago and I was building one here in Florida. And in between that stuff, this hit. So I was just like, wow, you know, it was, like I said, it was a crazy time. But we were talking about touring together for a while and because we're, we're really good buddies and i was like you know 
when things started getting a bit opened up, I was like, we we need to still tour for our album. And he's like, I can't stand it. I got to get out of here. I got a tour. So I said, let's team up. And that tour was the first tour in the United States that started and completed and was an, uh, a coast-to-coast tour. Mm-hmm. So that was in August of 21. So that was kind of the beginning. We started the campaign late, right? And we just actually finished it uh, a couple months ago with soul work over over in Europe um, because we we felt we needed we needed to do it. You know, we needed to go back and say hi to everybody and like, hey, you know, we're two years late, but <laughs> we're here, you know. But that tour was important in the States because it gave everybody the green light. Like right after us, that's when we started to see the avalanche of tours because they're like, oh, that one finished, right? Nobody got... Nobody died, you know, <laughs> everything was cool. And and so it was the first official tour uh, of, uh, I think, in the metal world where it went out, it finished, you know, and everybody was like, okay, we're back. So we had a lot of uh, influence, I think, in that sense and uh, releasing the record, going against the grain, you know, these little things I think mattered a lot uh, for Cataclysm in that, in, that, in that period of time. Yeah, no, and you're completely right. I remember that tour. Um, a lot of us do in the states because we did need something to prove this works, you know. And then, uh, you know, I remember talking to bands that were touring in November. We're like, we're early. We're like, you're three months. You know, we're good. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you know, yeah. We're, we're good. We, we, we've 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 proven that it can work, you know. Um, and yeah. uh, I know a lot of people did get like kind of sick and they canceled some shows, but you guys were good the whole way through, right? We were good until the last show oh. when when I got it and two other guys got it on the last show. Mm. We tested positive on the last show, so it was ironic, right? You get you survived the whole thing. We were like with the sand sanitizers and doing all the crazy stuff, and then we get to the last show. It was in New York, if I remember correctly, or something like. Now I don't know if it was in New York. I don't remember now, but uh, I know that on the last show, uh, we like I got it. It was Carolina. Last show I got it. Carolina and then I drove home and I'm like I can't believe that I'm gonna be at the end of the tour 10 minutes away from my house but I gotta go quarantine you know like for a week <laughs> it's like after spending four weeks on the road now I gotta do an extra week in a hotel 10 minutes from my house and my kids and everybody so it needed to be done or whatever it was me and my bass player actually you know so at least I had some company but uh at the end of the line uh totally work to do totally something important to do and uh, it, it gave that incentive you know for everybody to go out um and then uh yeah so then after that we we, we kept touring we did some more touring in the united states kept pushing this, that record and uh, we did dark tranquility we did a second run with ESI doing some classic records with them they did legion with did serenity and fire that also went well and then uh during that whole time we started writing the goliath record yes. which was in 22. And that's that's the next question. Now, most records, there's deadlines, there's time frames, there's all this stuff. But during that time, a lot of bands I talked to, they're like, we've got to tinker and we got to really work on the records without the traditional deadlines. Did you guys experience that with Goliath as well or no? Yeah, there was. Well, we set a, we set a goal um, early on because we saw a lot of interest in Europe for a lot of open airs like Wacken and Summer Breeze and Partisan open air and stuff like that are very important festivals for cataclysm and we decided that we had so many big ones that uh maybe we should move up the release date and uh coordinate it around those festivals because that's a time frame where you get a lot of exposure and uh especially in germany where cataclysm does very well it's a place where you know it's one of the meccas of metal and for us 
you know, it was a good opportunity to release the record then instead of waiting three, four months because it was supposed to come out a little later. Um, but we wrote this record right in the pandemic uh, ending, kind of. Like the the 20s, we started in 22, early 22, started writing it, and we took our time writing it. Like, we let it go, come back to it to make sure the songs were still super strong and we were in the same, we were in a good mind frame for it. Um, so the 22 uh was a good time why for us mainly because um after experiencing those two years of all that craziness i think we had enough inspiration in us to really do a record because the other one was already written right mm -hmm. this was more of our current emotions going through all that craziness looking at the world asking ourselves a lot of questions about everything and i thought i thought like there's just the music came flowing real quick and um even though it, it came quick we took our time to put it together so I think that's why we're getting this type of response on this album already in advance, right? So it's, it's so I think it's a very honest album, and uh, and uh, we you know I think a lot of bands are going to come up with big records. I think just because that was a frightening, crazy era to live through, and uh, I think there's a lot of room for inspiration. Agreed, man. Yeah, I think uh, you know when you're talking about even the tours, you know I've, I've brought it up so many times on the show. I'm so used to looking around like venues and kind of seeing a lot of people with little scowls on their face and i saw like smiles across venues like for the death metal bands and you know it just yeah. felt like you're at a comedy show and i was like oh it feels good so it's like there's this resurgence of positivity after that negative couple of years which know? we really need man we yeah. really need it i know metal in general always likes to be tough and with the negative stuff and everything but uh, like we really needed that and uh you're absolutely right for us that's our church right like when you go to a show it's like it's the place where you're the outcasts all the outcasts come together and you know we understand what we're listening to we're in the same world but we're coming from different places different creeds different races different everything but it's the one place that everybody gets together and we're all the same and metal has that one thing that nobody else has and that's that thing where we unite everybody unites under that one flag you know being outcasts and i and i think that that was important to, to show the world that's still alive you know because it doesn't take much to destroy something you know we you, you could build something and uh you know i was just having this conversation with my wife the other day like we you know we build this house took six months to build it but you could put a bulldozer right through it in about a week time there's nothing left or you know less and it's like that's how life is you know mm -hmm. so you know um it, it didn't take much to destroy it it comes back now everything's 10 times more expensive the world's more hard darker so this is a good light, you know, in the end that uh, we're still going and doing our thing, you know, all of us. Yeah. We, and you said it with the things being more expensive and all that stuff. And I mean, you do manage bands. You do have that other side uh, to you. And and how yeah. have the bands, um, you know, been because, like I said, the crowds are there and we're so yeah. happy. But you guys are dealing with a lot more than you did before, you know. Oh, it's um, yeah. yeah. How how have the bands that, you know you're involved with uh been keeping it positive or do you feel like there's a lot of bands that unfortunately are going to have to call it because of all this price increase stuff well yeah it's well there's a lot of pressure right mm -hmm. like i i take i take in probably most of it because you know they got to talk to somebody and they got to figure out how we're going to do this with expenses going so high and everything uh but i'm a paranoid guy in general and i and what i mean by that is i'm a guy that 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 sees ahead and i'm very like um 
you know, even if there's a chance of something going wrong, I want to fix it. And I see it, you know, I see the cracks in the foundations. I see those type of things. And uh, so, so when I work with my bands and they come with an idea and I'm like, this is going to be really rough for you guys if you do that because of this, this and that. Oh, let's find a different alternative where you can kind of get that, but we're still moving forward, you know. So it's 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 very difficult time uh, because it's not only the fact of um, you know uh, the the overwhelming touring now, where you you're already facing the competition of all these bands touring at the same time because they were all home for three years. You're actually facing the inflation situation, which is like double the cost of touring that double the costs of even you know everything the crews all that stuff so now you're doing the same numbers as before but instead of coming in with a profit you're actually losing money so your merch sales need to be really high so and then nobody's willing to pay you more because there's too much competition so you really have to be uh, you know i was going to say smart but it just doesn't take smart you also have to have a little bit of um, patience into working the angles into coming in and doing doing the moves you do so far we've been lucky with our roster everybody's been doing well you know obviously it's like it's not going to be like it was pre-pandemic with certain things that were already you know kind of pre-booked in advance and pre-arranged in advance and that you got to fulfill but as we're moving forward we're starting to see some positive uh you know um situations regarding touring especially you know but there's the other issue now that people are getting more greedy as far as promoters are starting to charge shit ton of percentages of on merchandise on bands they didn't do that before especially overseas in europe uh which is causing dramatic effects on 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 bands like crazy stuff i experienced it myself with cataclysm so the thing is with me is i'm on the road right so i i'm still real time with bands so i know exactly what's going on what clubs doing what so I'm, i kind of got an advantage um but it also keeps me fresh so i i'm i'm always on there you know but I, i'm a guy that likes to develop bands you know, I'm not that guy that just takes a band and it's already established or whatever it is and it's done. I take them from the bottom. You know, when I see potential, they, you know, they're hard workers. They want to do it, so I give them that that opening. Right? Um, there's not a lot of people doing that these days, so I'm I, I'm happy and proud of doing that part. You know. Yeah. No, that, that's very true because, like you said, it's more about a lot of people feel like they have to nurture who's there, who's a little bit established. But you're right, that, that growth part is super important. And I did like how you yeah. t- talked about the uh, you're a paranoid guy. Like I, I've, I have conversations with my friends and stuff, and they're like, oh, I got this anxiety and how it's this negative thing. And I'm like, anxiety is like the greatest thing that ever happened in my life. It's what makes me get do fucking <laughs> shit. Like I love anxiety, but it's like a negative thing to my friends. They're like, no, it's like crippling. I'm like, well, it can be, but it also makes me good at what I do. <laughs> right? so, but, what, yeah, yeah. It's a different generation, I guess, thing. But I love it. I love it when I feel anxious and, and, and anxiety. Uh, but it's a negative too, I guess. How do you view that? Right, well, it's, it's up to us. It's up to us to teach people why that is. Right? Yeah, so yeah. it's, you know, we, we're teachers as well. We don't even know it, but we, we have to. Like, the new generation has been very well protected. You know, I grew up real hard. Like, I didn't have, you know, nothing. Like, I, like everything I built, I had to build with my hands. Like, basically, you know, kind of, there's no such thing as self-made because you need people around you to help you, right? Mm-hmm. There was always, like, satellites to everything. But my point is that um, that type of thing has disappeared. And now people are very entitled. It's not the same. As, as you don't get the same result thinking like that. Like, everything's going to be all right, whatever, you know what I mean? That type of thing. 
it's not like that you know things do end things do get so i get the paranoid side of things maybe because i'm italian <laughs> so the, the the italians always had that you know growing up my you know my grandma i remember my grandma telling me look you know always look for the snake in the grass it's like that's that's the thing that's going to hit you so it might look beautiful outside but in that grass it might be a snake so you want to be able to to, to to check it out before it hits you you know so i i always found that as being great advice yeah you know, with every you know that's exactly and i'm from montenegro so same very similar mindset like first generation american and and, and my parents just taught me very much like when you're nervous when you're step up like you know confront uh and then eventually i learned how to control my anger i didn't have it mastered at first everyone it takes time. So. Me and you both. People are like, remember that time you got angry? I'm like, yeah, that was bad. I, at least I knew I, you know, I learned from it. And that's the main thing. But uh, that anger, I also that was a good thing, too. I always, all these negative emotions that people have uh, kind of dictated. And I go, yeah, yeah, they, they can be, but they became positive. Like, they are what were motivating for me. And feeling is the most important thing, I think, for anybody. Right. Indifference 100%. is yep, what's gross. I agree with you. That's what's gross. Right. And uh, yeah. So when we bring up like I talked to so many bands about the merch cuts that you were just talking about and how crippling it can be for them. Um, it's all about getting angry if, if it's warranted, you know, to let people know it, whether, whether it's a venue or whoever's doing it. It's OK. You know, like but that yeah. attitude of like, ah, whatever. Now it's not going to get fixed. <laughs> well, this has been like so. This has been going on for a while. Right? Yeah. it started with ten percent, ten percent, and everybody will pay it, and the merchandisers with you will trick the numbers. Everybody get away with it, and then it went to fifteen percent. Nobody says nothing, so I'll be okay. We're going to get by because we're selling so much merch, and now all of a sudden in Europe it's twenty percent to twenty-five percent plus tax. Plus tax. Okay. Plus tax. So, for example. I'll give you a simple example. We were in Slovenia. We we played a show in Slovenia. We did decent merch. Was a good amount of money, and they came to me with twenty five percent deduction for the bar, the club. You know, it was like a theater area type of thing, uh -huh. and then twenty percent tax on top of it. So forty five percent of your merch was gone, and I was like, I can't do that. But he says that's the law. So the government, then the reason this is, the government sends in a guy that's gonna go or girl goes there and sell and sells your merchandise and to make sure that they don't get ripped off. Okay. We're there now. We're at that level. Wow. So so they send that person, but they don't tell you they're paying that for example, a hundred euros to sell that day, right? They say no, they're twenty percent. So basically, they're sending a person that you could have paid 100 euros, but they're going to take 20%, which could mean 1,000, could mean 2,000, just for them, plus 25% for the club. So how, you, how do you survive? It's impossible. So that's a few countries. It's starting already. Remember what I'm telling you here, okay? Because yes. this, this is in real time happening right now. And that's why you're starting to see these bands coming out, freaking out now. They're like, now they're freaking out, right? I've been freaking out about this for years. But it takes strength in numbers, right? It mm -hmm. takes a lot of people to be pissed for things to change. So that's how we are as a society. I still believe in that very much. And I'm hoping that as we get more deep in it, that, you know, bands will rise up to this. Because I don't think this is, this is going to be the end of touring for a lot of bands. Or... 
they start selling out of the garage, like out of the uh, parking lot, you know, out of the bus here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's where we're heading, you know. So I don't want to be like that, you know, pessimist, darkness type of thing guy. But what I'm saying is that, that that's ridiculous amounts. It's like, uh, it's like taxing the same way that some countries get taxed 50% of anybody's salary. That's what they're trying to do with the merch now. So it's it's brutal. Man. And, and banks survive on merch. Believe me on that. No, no, I do. I, you know, Willie Nelson said a famous quote, and I think uh, Dez from Devil Driver said it on the show as well, is that, like, he never thought he'd be uh, driving around to be a merchandise vendor, but that's how he survives. And it's 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 a very true statement we always say you know to the fans listening when you're going to a concert you need a budget always not just for a ticket yeah. but for merch you have to now that's how we keep our scene alive is that you can't walk away from a show without that shirt or, or anything you know and uh yeah, but, yeah. bands have been great i mean i at least for me when i go to the merch booth i'm so used to like you know record cd but now i'm seeing signed drumsticks and posters and like like there's a lot of stuff that like bands are doing extra now i, I don't know if it's a and you know because of what's going on with these merch cuts but that we as fans we can get something that we used to never be able to get you know so it is uh, it is yeah. good. so that that's a that's a big plus mm -hmm. that's definitely a big plus and i think it, it it gives people these these uh, rare items they can get which is smart yeah you know because at some point also for metalheads you know imagine like in germany for example where fans go to every show buy every shirt mm -hmm. i don't know where they put these shirts think about that <laughs> like like so you know every i got fans that come to every single cataclysm show buy a shirt a tour shirt they have to have it right so then, I mean, then they're going to Cannibal Corps, then they're going to Emulation, they're going to whatever, and they're buying shirts all, all over. So basically, where do they put all this stuff? So to me, sometimes, uh, you know, I think like that, right? Maybe the paranoid in me again. Yeah. But at the, same, at the same breath, if you offer something, like a drum head that's signed, all that, they're like, hey, maybe this will go well on my wall, you know? Like, so I think it's, I think it's cool, and, and I think that's innovative to try and find a different ways to make money, and I think that's, that's the human character, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's David versus Goliath idea. Mm. It's the small people, it's the people fighting the machine, you know what I mean? And that's that's really the meaning of Goliath this record we just did, you know. Yeah, so let's let's talk about that cuz yeah, I was I was wondering about that. The video you have two videos out if I'm not mistaken, Bring Revengeance and and Dies a King, both very cool, but the concept is like you said a David versus Goliath kind of thing when I'm just listening to what I what we have out there right now mm -hmm. and the record. Um and that was something, like you said, that grew kind of out of that uh, that time we were in, that very dark time. So tell us a little bit about that motivation and that story. Um, well, you know, it's so it's it's so to me, it's, without getting uh, too too deep in it, because it's absolutely. kind of written in a in an open manner. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I, I felt I felt things weren't normal. I'm talking about just you know the there's a there's a pandemic you know i felt i felt that there was a heavy hand behind it that, that, that didn't appreciate that like i come from a place where uh you question things whether you're right or wrong to question it i think it's good to question things the fact that a lot of people got censored but like you know completely uh silenced and uh canceled to me it wasn't right like a lot of things like that happened and I believe in two very fundamental uh, things that are important as humans, right? Freedom of speech and freedom of choice. To me, these are two things. When it's your body, it's yours, right? And then the speech thing is important because it enables me and you to communicate, to debate, to talk. If we don't have that, we're not doing this interview. 
you know what I mean? For fear of whatever else somebody decides that is not right, okay? And and uh, what if, you have to think of this, if things were reversed, and all of a sudden, you know, people that talk about Satan or gory stuff, and that's not good for society, let's ban you, your censor, we would be freaking out. So you have to you have to kind of see this in different lenses, you know what I mean? And I think I think that uh, and I was I I didn't like it when bands in my world and I'm, in, I'm not going to mention names. A lot of them were friends of mine started pushing other artists and fans to take the shot, to do this, to do that. It's not up to you. You know, I, I I'm I'm very I'm very. Um, you know it's 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 your choice you're here to decide what you want to do with your life you know what i mean and it's and it's 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 not about being anti this or whatever so to me that was a big kind of wake up call like because sometimes it takes the world to stop for you to analyze things and i think it made people realize hey maybe we're getting pushed a little bit you know I, and whatever your take is on it it's i respect it and i think that that should be everywhere you know uh, vice versa you know what i mean and uh so I see it like that. The record's not just about that type of power structure, you know. Mm-hmm. It's also about, you know, facing your demons because I think during the pandemic, a lot of people were alone with themselves and were able to, were like, oh, wait a minute. I've got to think about my life here. What's going on? Like, who am I? You know, all this stuff happened. And I think that even me, myself, it's like, you know, is this the end of my career? Or am I thinking about something else? And so you get to face those demons, you know, that's where songs like uh, Dark Wings of Deception come in, you know, like songs like that, which is going to be the the, late, the third and last single that's coming out, by the way, give you guys the exclusive on that. Mm, nice. That's coming out uh, in August. But we just shot the video this weekend here in Florida. Um, so it's, it's one of those things where, to me, I, I, I don't like uh, you know, as metalheads, we're outcasts, like like I said before, and there's this big, important aspect to it that's like we're non-conformists. That's the, you know, what I mean by that. We just don't follow something because they tell us that's how it is. We actually ask questions, and to me, that's debate, and debate's important, no matter what, because that's how the big minds of the world come with solutions, and, and I, I really do believe that, and... Uh, I felt that we didn't have that opportunity. In many ways, we're still getting that that big push uh, everywhere you see that if you're not like this, you are, you know, it's like, I, I, I can't agree to that. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be that guy that's silent and take it and be like, okay, that's not being a metalhead. You know, that's not being who we are. That's like the, the, the different ring of the world. You know what I mean? That kind of sees things from the outside. And uh, so I, I this record is more... You know, we're we're rooting for David on this. You know, it's not the album's called Goliath because it's a metal record and we have to make it tough. You know, but we're David. You know what I mean? Like the machine. I'm not for that. You know. Yeah, and it, just going back to the, I, I know that our, our time's running out here, but going back to like I was saying, anxiety being such a positive thing. Uh, part of the anxiety growing up for a lot of us was the anxiety of groupthink and us not conforming to that and fighting against it and looking for our identity and people like us and and it was a really hard journey for a lot of us growing up to find that identity and find those people that understood that we're not just being rebellious you know we, we've got another part to us um and not to just listen to everything people are saying like you said that's part of ingraining in the scene in metal in the culture in our identity and our friends and um yeah it is something that is... It's, yeah, and, and, and yeah. to me, it reflects into music, right? Yeah. Also, because, yeah. because what happens... This is what happens. 
when everybody's just worried about what everybody else thinks, right? Mm -hmm. You're not being creative either with your music. You're not pushing the boundaries. You just want to be accepted, right? So it, it, in order to be creative, you have to go against the grain sometimes. You have to, be, you have to change the narrative, challenge the narrative. You have to, you have to move around. And, 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 and it's like I feel that we're more and more in prison. You know, it's like I, I take it as far back as even flying an airline, which I use. I've been doing for I don't know how many years, like two decades, you know, of touring and, you know, whatever. And going from a simple thing which you could choose your, your seat on a plane. Now you can't. Now you have to, you know, pay for the, for being in a normal seat um, anywhere on the plane just to have a seat like, that you want. You have to pay. And the, the more close you're going to be to the exit the more you're going to pay it's like everything is harder more controlled more tough on people and, and and then they ask yourself why is everybody having mental meltdowns well maybe because they have a tight grip on everybody and that's the, that's the way i see it you know what i mean it, it wasn't like that before and i and I, I grew i'm lucky i grew up in a time where the where the internet was the fax machine you know what i mean <laughs> so it's like you know, I, I, I grew up like that, and I've seen a, a side of the world that nobody else has seen. My kids are growing up in this world. They have no idea the the innocence of where everything comes from. And I think it's our job to educate, you know what I mean? And, uh, and I think we can do that through having interviews like this with you, where we could spread a little bit of this type of knowledge, and then everybody decides what's best for them, you know? Absolutely, man. So with that, Maurizio, always a pleasure. I, I know I don't want to keep you over because there's more interviews and stuff like that to do, but I got to tell everybody the reason we're talking. Great record. Proud of you guys. Once I'm in Cataclysm Goliath is coming out August 11th. Make sure you guys are checking out the music videos I mentioned that are out there. Uh, well done as always. Uh, fantastic record. Fans needed this. They're going to love it, man. Uh, it's coming out August 11th, so make sure you guys are pre-ordering that right, right now. And with that, Maurizio, thank you so much, my friend, for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. Peter, I appreciate you, man. And thank you, Metal Sucks, for the support. Kings may be chosen by God, but they still make the mistakes of men.
Metal Sucks Podcast. Both songs you heard is off the latest record from Cataclysm. Goliath, it is out right now. Make sure you are picking it up. First song you heard, Dark Wings of Deception. Second song, Die as a King. Like I said, guys, Goliath 
excellent record. You heard the songs. You got to check out the whole thing. Make sure you guys are picking it up, supporting this band. With that, I want to thank everybody out there for the five star reviews we get on the good old Apple iTunes. We do this show weekly, half episodes, episode. We haven't missed an, like I said, on our 500 episode, we haven't missed an episode a week, oh man, yet. So, knock on wood. We keep it going for you guys, for the scene, for the music, for the promotion that we love of this music. So make sure you guys go over to Apple iTunes, give us a five-star review on that platform, please. And then also support on our other podcast, Rise to Offend. Archival episodes right now, we got over 103 guys. Go check them out. Chappelle Show, ECW, Peter Steele, Wendy O. Williams, Ann Coulter, Jerry Springer, RIP. We've done an episode on him. Charles Bukowski. If you guys like documentary discussion podcasts, Rise to Offend is the name of that one. Go support it. And with that, guys, I'll hear from you in a couple days. Talk to you soon. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off.